Our Father, as we come this morning, we simply ask that you would give us ears to hear. Come and meet with us. Teach us by your spirit. And Father, as a result of being together, may your kingdom advance in our lives, in our families, in our church, and in the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Festo Kevin Gary was an Anglican bishop in Uganda. In the 1970s, he had to flee the tyrannical dictator Idi Amin, often called Africa's Hitler. Amin, certainly before the time of some of you, was one of the most brutal leaders in all of history, praising Adolf Hitler and calling himself the hero of Africa. A few of his quotes will tell you who he was. He says, I myself consider myself the most powerful figure in the world. And that is why I do not let any superpower control me. He said, there is freedom of speech, but I cannot guarantee freedom after speech. He said, you cannot run faster than a bullet. Well, Bishop Kevin Gary escaped the country in the cover of darkness. He lost his home, all of his earthly possessions. He lost valued relationships of family and friends and church members. And then his friend, Bishop Luwumu, was martyred by Edi Amin. As we go throughout the message today, I'll share a little bit more of his story. But as you know, we have been looking at the Proverbs the last couple of weeks, especially um, how they give us wisdom. Wisdom to live our lives in a world gone wild today. Wisdom to live in relationship with others in the brokenness of life. And wisdom in issues as practical as the words we use in relationship, even as Tyler spoke last week. And wisdom in even more elusive and difficult issues, such as our issue for today, that of forgiveness. Wise versus lies. Our world would tell us to forget forgiveness. The lies of the world would tell us to get even, to exact revenge, to hold a grudge, to not be weak and soft. In contrast to that, Puritan John Flavel said, happy is the man who can say in a dying hour, this is my comfort forgiven. As we begin today, I will read a number of passages, and I would ask if you're willing and able to please stand for the reading of God's Word. Hear the Word of God. Proverbs 17, verse 9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Proverbs 24, 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And leaning on the wisdom from the book of Psalms, in Psalm 25, verse 11. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. 
And then Psalm 103, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Psalm 103. Then the apostle Paul, in giving us wisdom and instruction for how we should live our lives as the children of God, says in Colossians 3, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Today, I'm going to start backwards from where I usually do. I usually build to Jesus in the message. And today I'm going to start with Jesus because it is where you see forgiveness most clearly in all of scripture. Many of you know the story so well that you could be here and present it. And for some of you, you may know the name of Jesus, but do not understand what the big deal is all about. In a nutshell, Jesus was crucified on a cross to pay for our sin. He didn't die to pay for his own sin. He died to pay for our sin. Rather, he died to pay for the sins of the world, your sin, my sin, to pay for the sin of his children of whom we are part. Since the days of Jesus, men and women, boys and girls all around the world have been trusting in Jesus and what he did for them. When someone puts his or her trust in Jesus, scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You and I in Christ are new creations. We have been forgiven. And as we are forgiven, you and I have been entrusted with the precious message and ministry of reconciliation. He continues in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. This message and ministry, Paul makes clear, involves a reconciliation, a mending of relationship. Yes, with God first through Jesus. And it also involves a reconciliation person to person, a mending of relationship, which certainly involves forgiveness, both asking for it and granting it to another. As a result of our having been reconciled to God, having been forgiven for our sins, we are exhorted to forgive. We read in Colossians 3 that we are to put on a compassionate heart kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And then Paul builds to this part of the verse, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. And as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Okay, so today let's cut to the chase. 
I have some questions for you. And some of them are really tough questions. And I've asked them myself these questions for the past couple weeks. Is there someone you need to forgive? Do you have a complaint against anyone? Is there someone who has ticked you off? You think of the name or the image of the person and anger boils over immediately. And all of a sudden you are mad at the world or perhaps even the tears come. Often with our anger, there is a better way to say it. And let me try it this way. Do you have a complaint against anyone? Is there someone who has hurt you? Sometimes we don't know how to process our hurt and it comes out as anger, but it's really hurt. Perhaps hurt by actions, small ones, which perhaps have built up like filling a bucket, a slow drip, and all of a sudden it's overflowing and you are ready to blow. Or perhaps some terrible, wrong, abusive actions or maybe words have been spoken to you. For many of us, there is that person whom we have not been able to forget or forgive, let me say. If you do not find yourself in that description, you are really a rare person and you're a very blessed person. And I hope you know that. Some of you know my story and you remember that I never knew my biological father. Yes, today is Father's Day. And I had a um, wonderful stepdad for whom I am very thankful. But my father, he left when I was one. I never heard from him or anything about him. We were not allowed to talk about him. I carried a strange shame in my life and I still carry his last name. I did not have enough truth or facts to even process it all. I was an adult studying in a counseling program before I ever really talked about it. And years after that, I heard that he had died and I have had to deal with emotions and hurt, which I did not know I had because I had stuffed them for so very long. I had to come to grips with some deep insecurities like, will others leave me if I do this or that? I realized that I needed to forgive someone I never knew. Someone who never asked to be forgiven and someone who now could not ask. This forgiveness thing really gets very nuanced and complicated at times, doesn't it? Is there someone you need to forgive today? Maybe someone presently in your life or maybe someone long gone like me, even on this Father's Day, it may be a father. Parent-child relationships can be some of the hardest. You know, there's a story that's told in Spain of a son who was estranged from his father. The father had actually been searching for his son for years. And out of desperation, he finally decided to put an ad in the newspaper there in Madrid. And this is what it read. Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday, 
all is forgiven. I love you, your father. Well, on Saturday at noon, 800 Pacos showed up, all looking for forgiveness and love from their fathers. Friends, that is what our Heavenly Father has done for us. Is there someone you need to forgive? Or do you need to ask someone to forgive you? I encourage you this morning to take the initiative. Next question, what does forgiving each other look like? John Stott says, forgiveness is the choice that a person makes to forgive another person for an offense. Forgiveness is intentional and voluntary. When you forgive someone, you make an active choice to look at that person and acknowledge that you see that person for what they are, another imperfect human being. You acknowledge that the person is an image bearer of God himself and you release them. A few important points. When I forgive, I must first deal with some of my own anger and pain and sin. I begin that process acknowledging that I am forgiven by the Lord himself and that a steep price has been paid for me to receive that forgiveness. Remember Psalm 103, he forgives all my sin. How much do you ponder that you are forgiven? I want to encourage you to take the time to listen. Do you listen even as Tyler challenged us last week to the words spoken to you? Even the encourage one, encouraging ones. Sometimes you have such a hard time receiving them. But what about the words of forgiveness? Have you pondered those words enough and received them? Know that we are not called to forgive in our own strength. I must seek strength from the Lord to be able to forgive and really even to contemplate forgiving other people. Philippians 4.13, you know it. Perhaps I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Do you believe you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Festo Kevin Gary did. A few years after escaping the cruel Idi Amin, Kevin Gary, often called the Billy Graham of Africa, wrote a book incredibly titled, I Love Idi Amin. He wrote in that book, on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. As evil as Idi Amin is, how can I do less toward him? Forgiveness takes incredible humility. Proverbs 15, the fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom and humility comes before honor. One way to come at this forgiveness and what it looks like is to ask what might demonstrate that we have not forgiven. Stated directly, I have not forgiven. If I am hoping the other person fails, Proverbs 24, 17, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. I've not forgiven. If I have pride and feelings of superiority, 
Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Paul tells us that we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. I've not forgiven if I am judging the other person. Psalm 75 says, it is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. I have not forgiven if I am angry and feel hate when I hear the person's name. Proverbs 19, 11, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Then Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. I've been recently reading some of Martin Luther King Jr., one who was at the forefront of change in my youth. I was raised in the deep South and there was much racism. King said many, many powerful things, and yet he did things without promoting violence. King said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. King said, never succumb to the temptation of bitterness. He said, let no man pull you low enough to hate him. Also, I have not forgiven if I am gossiping or spreading word of the other person. Proverbs 26, verse 20. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. I have not forgiven if I am experiencing anxiety or sleeplessness around the other person and cannot get that one out of my mind. Corey Ten Boone and her Dutch family lived out their Christian faith by helping Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II, saving nearly 800 lives. The Tim Boone family ended up in jail and concentration camps. Um, not all of them left those camps. Corey Tim Boone received great abuse herself and coming out, she spent the rest of her life spreading two messages. The first one, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And the second, God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. And in her struggle, Corey believed that she had forgiven a certain person, but she kept dwelling on that one. And so she went to her pastor who told her that it is like the church bell in the steeple. It was rung by pulling on a rope, he said. And then she writes this, that he said, after you let the rope go, the bell keeps on swinging. First ding and then dong, slower and slower until there's a final dong and it stops. I believe the same is true of forgiveness, he said. When we forgive, we take our hand off the rope, but... If we've been tugging at our grievances for a long time, we mustn't be surprised if the old angry thoughts keep coming for a while. They're just the ding-dongs of the old bell slowing down. And so it proved to be so with Corey Ten Boom. And may it be the same for us. I have not forgiven if I am seeking revenge 
Romans 12 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. One pastor friend told the story of a policeman and a softball player, and the softball player had been pulled over for a traffic violation. The police officer was just doing his job, but he did get a little snarky with the driver and told the violator just to plead his case with the judge. Well, the next week was the first softball game of the season, and the man who received the ticket was the home plate umpire. And the first batter up was the policeman. And they looked at each other and they recognized each other. And the policeman, still a little snarky, said, well, how'd it go with the judge? And the umpire said, let me just say, you better swing at everything that comes across. We must not seek revenge on our own. I have not forgiven if I am trying to bargain and negotiate with God, doing it so that God might think highly of me. Old Sam was dying, and for years he had been at odds with Bill. And Sam knew that he had some things to get straight before he died, and he asked for Bill to come see him. Sam thought that God was going to um, smile upon him if he did the right thing, did something nice. So Sam apologized for the things that he had said and done over a period of years. And walking out toward the door, Bill heard Sam say, but remember, if I get better, this doesn't count. Well, that is not forgiving. Wise versus lies. The world would tell us to do the opposite of what God's word tells us. Perhaps this next question will seem a little strange, but let me ask, what are our fears about forgiving? Forgiving another person, what are we afraid of? Some of us fear that the issue will never really go away and that sometime in the future, we are going to be dealing with the same thing again. And I would just say that that is a very valid concern Forgiveness means, however, that I commit not to bring things up for future ammunition against the other person. There was a mother who asked her two young sons, Harry and James, to please, please just forgive each other. One had hit the other with the stick, and one had said some very unkind words. And she said, now, boys, what would happen if either of you died tonight and you never had the opportunity again to forgive one another? Well, first off, this is not a parenting sermon, so don't take that tack. But James responded, well, okay, I'll forgive him tonight. But if we're both alive in the morning, he better watch out. Sometimes we hold on to the issues and we refuse to release them. And even though it is something that is really holding on to us and squeezing the very life out of us. You will hear people say, just forgive and forget. But do you know what happens when you try to forget something? You remember it. When you grant forgiveness, you are telling someone that you will not bring it back up against them. And that's really hard when we are hurt, 
yet once again. It is a God thing. And it is a God strengthening you thing to be able to do that. And it is an opportunity for you to grow and trust in your Lord. Not only are we fearful that the issue will never go away, some here are fearful to forgive because we think that forgiveness means a return to the status quo. Biblical forgiveness is never the return to the status quo, and especially if it is an ugly, hurtful status quo. If you ask for forgiveness and just want things to get back to a toxic status quo, that is no good. Forgiveness is the soil from which something fresh and beautiful can grow. Receiving forgiveness from the Lord makes all things new for you. And then granting forgiveness is part of it. And it is a call and an opportunity for a relationship that is fresh and powerful and healing and can be redemptive to all. Another fear, sometimes we fear that the other person will not change. We must know that the other person may never change and that is not why we forgive. We forgive because it is the right thing to do. We forgive because God has told us to. We forgive because we have been forgiven. And we forgive and trust God with the outcome. It may be a great desire to want to see change in another person, but that is outside of our control. Our goal must be to not to change the other person, but rather our goal must be to be the person that God wants us to be. I know what some of you are thinking, and we could all think it. You just don't understand, Joe, how much this person has hurt me. I don't want to be hurt again. It is important for us to understand that forgiveness does not mean the same thing as even trusting someone. Your forgiveness of a person is an act, a decision. Trust, on the other hand, is something that is earned back over a period of time through a changed life demonstrating repentance. Often, we live with hurts from the past and we live with fears of the future and we miss living today. Don't miss today. Move toward the fear of forgiving. The forgiven forgive. And know that forgiveness is not a sign of weakness, but rather in so doing and forgiving, you are a valiant, obedient, brave warrior for the Lord Jesus. Another question, what are the results of being forgiven and forgiving? Forgiving the other person does not change the past, but it certainly changes the future as we move forward. Forgiving another person may not change the other, but it changes you. Forgiving the other person may mean nothing to the other person, but it unshackles you from bitterness and anger. Lewis Smeeds said it this way, to forgive is to set a prisoner free 
and discover that the prisoner was you. Take some time today, I want to encourage you, and ponder that. Ponder your being forgiven and ponder your being freed as you forgive. Well, should you forgive? I'm going to make a statement that you may need to chew upon for a while. You do not need wisdom to decide whether to forgive. You need obedience to do what God has called you to do. We do, however, need great wisdom to know when and how to forgive, to know how should I go about it? How do I process my feelings? How do I go into this relationship looking forward and not backwards? You need great wisdom for those things. And it is a wisdom that is available to you. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. The forgiven are called to forgive. Festo Kevin Gary returned to Uganda after Idi Amin's downfall, and he continued his ministry there until his death years later. Kevin Gary became known as a great storyteller. And a favorite story of his went like this. One day a little girl asked her mother, what does God do all day long, mommy? And the mother thought, and she thought, and then she said, I'll tell you what God does all day long. God spends his whole day mending broken things. Perhaps the most important broken thing there is, is a relationship between two image bearers of God. And that is why we talk so much about our living in community as God's children. God does indeed mend and heal broken things. He has healed the broken relationship that we have had with him through forgiveness as we have trusted in the Lord Jesus. But he does not stop there. God the Father desires our new life in Christ and our condition as forgiven children to impact every area of our lives and especially our relationship with others. Some of us are living with relationships which are broken because we have not sought nor have we granted forgiveness. Is today the day for you? If you knew that God desired for you to forgive, would you trust him for the strength and the wisdom to know how to go about that? And then to trust him for the next step. The forgiven are called to forgive. Jesus changes everything. Let us pray together. Our Father, as we sit here today, your word is alive and active, and we're told that it's stronger than a two-edged sword. So Father, we come, and we ask that you would give us the grace and the wisdom to know how to follow and how to obey. Allow us to rest in your forgiveness of us. May your grace 
and your love seep into every part of our lives. Father, give us strength and courage to forgive others. For we pray in your matchless name. Amen. This next song that we're going to sing was written by Matthew West after he heard the story of Renee. One of her twin daughters, Megan, was coming home from the beach with a friend, and they were struck by a drunk driver, Eric. Both girls were killed. Mom Renee described losing her 20-year-old daughter in an instant. There she was, a little while after that, sitting in a courtroom, and she described the darkest place that she had ever been. And the driver, Eric, was sentenced that day to 22 years in jail. Renee said that the man was in prison, but that she was the one who felt shackled behind bars. She says the rage in her was overwhelming and that the healing for her began when she visited Eric in prison and said, I forgive you. His life too, as you can imagine, was radically changed. He said that he had not even been able to forgive himself. And here she comes and grants forgiveness. And then every member of that family went to him and granted forgiveness. Then there was the next chapter of the story as the family went before the judge asking that Eric's sentence be reduced. Before that event, Eric, the forgiven one, told Renee that it really didn't matter what the judge did, that he had already felt that her forgiveness had changed his life forever. The judge cut the sentence in half, and this family amazingly now considers Eric a son and part of the family. It took Matthew West a couple years to process that story and write this song, but we encourage you just to sit where you are and listen to the song.